Good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday, and we're back. And I'm sorry I missed you last week. Forgive me, but uh, here we are again, and I'm wonderful to be back with Mr. David Bandrowski at the top. How are you, sir? Hey, Jamie. Great to have you back. We missed you. Thank you, sir. You're a little quiet in my ears, but I'm uh, assuming you're saying something there. But uh, <laughs> so, um, who do we have on this week? Before we get in, into the um, into the guest today, we have. Next week, we have Andy Thorne, uh, banjo player with Leftover Salmon. Um, awesome. So it's going to be a good one. Tune in for that one. That'll be fun. But that's not what we're here to discuss today. Today, we have one of our favorite banjo players. Uh, he's a longtime Deering artist and friend. Uh, he's a teacher, songwriter, and composer from North Carolina who is always pushing the banjo envelope. And no matter what direction he goes, it's always done to an extremely high standard. His new album is named Eager to Break, and it's on pre-order from his Bandcamp page and is released November 5th. We are very excited to have him. Please welcome Mr. Bennett Sullivan. Bennett, come on in. There he is. Hey. How Happy are to you? be here. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm pretty good. Thank you, sir. Where are you? Yeah. Pisca Forest, North Carolina. So about 35 minutes south of Asheville. Um, right, near cool. you in your studio right now, I assume. I'm like. in my studio, yes. This is awesome. my lawn, lawnmower shed converted into <laughs> <laughs> converted into a studio. Never would have known had you not mentioned that. It looked like a legit, like full-on professional high-end. but It kind of looks that way. <laughs> where, the, where the magic happens, right? As they used yeah. to say on uh, MTV Cribs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, we're really excited to have you. We we got to catch up with you a little bit um mm-hmm. a few weeks back while we were in Melfest in North Carolina, which was awesome. We had I think it was probably the first you. time we've seen you in a couple of years in person. Yeah. Um great to see you. Totally. And we got to share a moment watching uh Tommy Emmanuel. You were from one side of the stage, I was on the other side of the stage. I did yeah, exactly. Man, that yeah. was mind blowing. I have not yeah. seen him before. Lots of it was just cool to be at a festival, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, I got to yeah. watch you with your kind of jaw dropped for like a solid 30 seconds. <laughs> what's um, going yeah. on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just face melting. Absolutely. Um, do you want to kick off with a little tune for us? Yeah, sure. Uh, wow, I haven't really thought about this at all. I've been working outside oh. all day. Um, sure. Yeah, why not? Just a little dirty. Is that coming through? Beautiful. So I don't get. You got mail. You got mail. Yeah. All right. So this is one called Lady Nora, um, off my first record. <laughs> it's cool to see the people on here. Yeah, they're rolling in right now. Yeah. Hey, everybody. UK. Yeah. Yeah. There's Julie Colton right there. Yeah. And Alan Jones, our two regular UK. Nice. Residents. Cool to have some regulars. Cool to have some regulars. All right.
Fantastic, Bennett. Thanks. That's that's great. Thank you. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's 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 good to have you here. Good to good to have you know a familiar face here too. Yeah. Uh, good, good to, to see you, out. man. We've traveled um, the world together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I was going to dive right into to what you what, what's coming up. Um, the record that you're about to release in, mm-hmm. in a week or so on November 5th, um, as it's, it's, a, it's really, it's very good. I really, really, you know, enjoyed listening to the, to the tracks that are available. And, um, for everybody, it's just, it's, it's a real stripped down album, mm-hmm. and, and it's also your first foray into, um, songwriting too, yeah. as well. So kind of what led you, down this path into into the songwriting path because you've always been I've known you as as an instrumentalist you know prior yeah I, I have been um, always focused very much on instrumental music um, it started I stepped down from Tune Fox um, which is an app company that I helped create um, I stepped down from Tune Fox last May May of 2020 and. Um, that was due to a difference in direction of where we, where all the co-founders wanted to take the the company and so i um you know i was pretty emotional and and uh didn't you know it was kind of like a i don't know midlife crisis but i'm only 32 so it's not that <laughs> it's not a midlife crisis but it was like it felt it felt big it felt like yeah, emotional yeah. and 
And, um, you know, w- with TuneFox, I was working a lot on a computer and I was, um, you know, just doing lots of, lots of admin stuff, lots of just computer time. And, um, and I wanted to step away from that and just, uh, start, uh, exploring, you know, nature and, and different, different parts of me that I haven't really explored before. So I started waking up in the morning at like 4am and started coming out to this shed and lighting a candle and working with, uh, I don't know if you can see it there, but that's a Tascam, that's a Tascam tape machine, um, like a tape recorder. And so I just started writing stuff that wanted to come out of me at like four or five in the morning. Um, and, uh, and just trying not to judge that process and trying just to like, let the words, let the music flow out. And, um, I came up with a collection of like 12, 12 songs. And, and, um, and I know there's only I think there's 12 tracks on the record, but some is instrumental. But I, I worked with producer Sam Howard, who's the bass player. He, he worked with Molly, Molly Tuttle for a while, and he helped me produce the record. And so I, I had those songs, and all the demos were recorded on to tape. And uh, no computer, just working with a tape machine. And then it kind of evolved. I, I initially wanted to do the full record on the four-track tape machine, Ultimately, we decided that digital would be better for uh, this record, and um, we just kind of worked on these songs, um, and and they came out, you know, the way you hear them on the website, and I'm really, really proud of it. Um, yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so do you think, because do you think, um, like, working with the the tape machine is interesting because I'm in a similar state as you, you know, I'm a, a musician, but I, I'm in front of a computer a lot. And, um, and so trying to record in front of a computer is, 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 is like more of that. It kind of saps your energy, your yeah. creative energy. So do you, is that part of the reason why you did like, like the demo on the, on the analog uh, machine to try to get away from sitting in front of a screen and sitting in front of logic or something. It was that it was, it was, it's kind of jarring. If you wake up in the morning at like four or five before the sun comes up, it's kind of jarring to like look at a blue screen. And so, um, I just, I wanted to go into a place where that, you know, that didn't affect my, I don't know, my psyche. And, and so I was just, you know, working by candlelight, um, I, I do, you know, do a lot of demos on the computer. I still work using the computer more than I do the tape machine now. Um, and there's definitely a different workflow. Like you have to keep it simple with the four track because you can have unlimited tracks on the computer. You can have as many tracks as you want. So you can, you know, just have four banjos playing at one time or, and then eight guitars and whatever you want. Um, with the four track, you, you know, it's, you can't really have a click track. You, um, you have to use only four of the tracks and you, unless you want to bounce them down, there's like different techniques that I haven't really even gotten into yet. Um, but it limits you. And so creatively it kind of helps you out. Um, I, I'm sure there's other people that have talked about limitation and, uh, and creativity and, and how limitation, um, isn't necessarily a drawback. It's actually, um, very helpful to, you know, think about music and only four tracks or four instruments, you know, which for me, um, I was trying to think that way when we initially, 
initially when I was using the tape machine, I was thinking that way. But when we brought it to digital, um, we also, Sam also encouraged me to think that way. That's why it's kind of stripped down is because we were using the inspiration of the Tascam um, four track for the digital recordings. So there's a couple songs on there that use a little bit more, you know, maybe six or seven. Um, but, uh, but a lot of them are, are just, you know, three or four tracks on yeah. the record. That, that's, it's a great point that that limitation actually is, um, actually helps creativity that too much, uh, too much choice just kind of can make you spin your wheels a lot of the time and not get anywhere. I'll, yeah. I feel that kind of every day. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what do I want to do today? It could be anything. Um, and when I'm trying to arrange a song or when I'm trying to compose, I can get like a good start. And then like the possibility, the possibilities feel, um, kind of overwhelming. And that's what I'm working on right now is like, where do I want to go compositionally and how do I hone that? Um, so it gets to the point of the story of the composition. Um, and it's interesting cause you used and banjo is kind of the primary instrument on this album still, even though mm -hmm. there's guitar and synthesizer and then, and yeah. then Sam is playing bass and electric, you know, acoustic bass and an electric bass, I think. Um, so being, doing a songwriting sort of thing with banjo being kind of the center instrument, that's, yeah. that's a unique thing too. Not just picking say, I'm going to be a songwriter and pick up your acoustic guitar and, and go down. That <laughs> well, the demos, the first demos for the record that I made, um, they uh they didn't have any banjo on them and ah. <laughs> and sam was like what are you doing you play banjo so well why don't you put banjo on there and i was like oh yeah maybe i should and uh and so um yeah his you know his input was uh hugely uh influential for the the whole project well we're glad we're glad sam made that that should, yeah you know, me too me too it, i think it's i think it's cool you're right like i didn't like just go down the songwriting i wanted it to be interesting um banjo stuff too like there's a few songs on there that have specific parts you know that i wrote with the song and um and playing them while i'm singing is is still a challenge um, right because they're they're kind of intricate yeah, yeah and yeah that's another thing playing three fingers style and singing is kind of tricky it, it is definitely yeah. more of that you know uh, <laughs> yeah. thing than uh Clawhammer kind of lets you has, a, has more of a steady rhythm that you can sing to. Oh yeah, I I I prefer Clawhammer or acoustic guitar when I'm singing yeah. over three finger. Three finger is a pain in the butt to do. Yeah, um, I mean if I practice more, maybe I could get it. But <laughs> and then you're playing. So mention Clawhammer. You are playing Clawhammer banjo on here. I've always known you as pretty much strictly a three finger um, player, but you're playing some really you know strong Clawhammer banjo on here. I'm, well, thanks. Know, I've only heard the three tracks on there, but it, but you know, it, it's not like <laughs> so I need just, to send you the full record. Like I'm just sorry, I didn't do that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> right off no. November fifth, I will. Um, but uh, okay. <laughs> so, have yeah, you always so, been a Clawhammer um, player, or is it kind of fairly new? I would say that my Clawhammer really. I, I got better at Clawhammer when I was working on Bright Star with Steve Martin and Eber Kell. Um, because, you know, Steve is both, he's, I mean, a great three finger player, but also I think his claw hammer playing is better than his three finger playing. Um, either way, he's just great at both. And so he wrote a lot of songs that were claw hammer in the claw hammer style. And so I, um, 
I was, uh, it gave me an opportunity to like practice and, and get that stuff down. And he's very picky about his claw hammer, you know, his melodies in the song. So if, you know, if I'm not playing something the way that he hears it, he would, you know, he would correct me and say, Hey, this is, this is actually how it goes. And so, um, uh-huh. you know, that was, that was a big part of my claw hammer uh, process. And then the fiddle player on the show, her name's Martha McDonald. She is, um, she's amazing and she was uh she's versed in old time like strongly she's amazing at old time music um and so she would be you know she taught me songs and we had like a little duo thing we were working on for a little bit and um and it was it was just fun to you know play the show but then also play with her and like jam on some like traditional old time uh, material but yeah um the claw hammer uh, you know i i love it and it's it's a uh, really it's really fun to kind of bounce back and forth between styles and, um, and the show definitely helped me, um, doing it, you know, night after night, eight shows a week, just playing claw hammer all the time and, and just playing banjo all the time. That was really cool. Yeah. And then it also, as on a recording, it adds a whole nother tonal aspect. So it's mm-hmm. for your, for your banjo playing. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the, um, the recording, um, and I think one of the samples was Mushroom Stump, and you yep. probably heard that one. Yep. So um, we, uh, Sam hit me to some Joni Mitchell, um, Ladies of the Canyon, that record, and she does some really cool stuff with her guitar where she pans the guitar, so one guitar is on the right and then one guitar is on the left, um, and it creates this really cool sonic effect. And so for that song, we did the same thing. We just stole that idea and, and put one claw hammer banjo on one side and the other one on the other side. Um, so they're kind of playing with each other. I didn't copy and paste. They're just like two different tracks. Um, right. And, and, and I'm really, I really love that sound. It's kind of this kind of, um, I don't know, spacey with the synthesizer too. It's kind of a spacey sound. It's almost like a chorusy sort of thing that it almost does. Yeah, exactly. Chorusy. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And uh, then, then going, what was the kind of the, your thought with using synthesizer on it, on that, you know, choosing that as an instrument to do for this? Because that's definitely a different, a, for, for, you know, an acoustic-y sort of album, a different uh, instrument choice. Yeah, I... Um, and just something been... that's so stripped down and not like a pop album, you know. Right, right. Um, I just have kind of gotten into the way that like analog synthesizers sound. I visited the Moog store, you know, Moog is here in Asheville. And, um, and so it's 30 minutes up the road. And so I've taken my son there and we've hung out in there for like an hour and just like played all the different synthesizers they have. And I got, I just got really into the sound of that. And, um, I love that texture. And, and so, um, I, I wanted to incorporate it somehow. And I think those are the two kind of like main, uh, I don't know, tonal themes of the record are banjo and synthesizer. I tried to make those kind of like the storytellers of the, of the record in a way. Um, I don't know. I just, I just love that sound. So I, I only have like, I have this Behringer back here that I use. I don't know if you can see it. It's a, it's a Behringer model D and, um, I, uh, I couldn't afford a Moog. So, you know, Behringer basically copied the Moog, um, the specs, like right. to a T. I think I think their something about their plans like expired. They didn't have the patent anymore. I don't know, whatever. But this thing was on the record and it's really fun to play with. It's like my starter, my starter synth. But it's got some really cool tones. 
Um, it's really fun with the synthesizer. Uh, it's got three oscillators, which means you can do three different pitches at one time. And so to create chords, different chords with those pitches, um, because you can't play a full chord like you would on a piano. You can't play three notes at one time. You have to play one note. And then you can tune the other pitches on the, the other oscillators to create like whatever chord you want. So um, wow. that's a really fun thing to experiment with. Uh, you know, it's, it's another limitation, you know, and then you have to explore, okay, what right. do I do with this limitation? Wow. Yeah. Um, so when you're, what's your process for, for writing, for being a songwriter? What inch are you using a guitar generally when, when you're writing lyrics? Um, or like on that mushroom tune, you know, it's kind of a, that's definitely a banjo focus yeah. kind of old time sort of thing. Did you kind of more write that on, on the banjo? Yeah, that was like a banjo melody. I had that melody down, like playing it um, on the instrument. And then um, I figured I'd, you know, we, we go out mushroom foraging occasionally. Emily's really into it. My wife is really into it. And, uh, <laughs> and she'll, she'll forage for mushrooms in Pisco forest. Um, and on our property. And, and so, uh, I wanted to write a little fun, you know, song about that. And so the banjo melody was there and then I just kind of worked on the lyrics and she helped me with those. And, um, yeah, that, that was a different process than most of the songs on the record. Um, some of them were just written with just a notebook, you know, no, um, like sun sunset, um, which is like a, a banjo synth pop kind of song <laughs> uh that was written just at uh sunset beach in north carolina with a notebook um reflecting on an evening with milo my son and uh and then i you know i went through different like four different versions of the song like first finger picking guitar then just strumming guitar um and then i found this really cool pattern on the banjo and i put synthesizer to it and i was like i think i, I think i have something here it's cool when that like actually you know, clicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it locks in. Yeah. It's a little frustrating when it's not, you're just like, what is going on? Like, am I right. ever going to figure this out? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a puzzle. And then you finally yeah. get it. Yeah. And, like, and then, yeah. Mind blown. Do you want to play something from us? Another tune for us? Yeah. Yeah. I'll play something from the record. Try to sing. itself it fills the dark the young man worries I can't help myself show me a sign I pen the song eager to bring purpose found day he knows himself 
she gives Her loving words she shares herself I pen the song Eager to break purpose found Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so that one was also written just notebooks. And I was like, I need a melody for this. What am I doing? And that came like almost immediately. It's just, it's kind of interesting to, um, to explore. I'm still like, I'm like, what is my process? I don't know what it is. And I think a lot of artists just go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think it's constantly evolving, changing. I don't, I don't know. And I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, you know, I, I try to listen to people like Joni Mitchell and I'm like, so like just from what I'm hearing, what, how did she create this song? And for me, a lot of what she does is like poetry. And then she puts, then she just sings mm-hmm. her ass off and just like, you know, puts some, some sort of like she channels something and, and, and then music flows out from, from that. Um, I, you know, I haven't heard any interviews her, of her about it, with her about it, but that's just my interpretation. So I try to like listen to artists and try to like listen for what, what are they doing? Like, or what am I, what do I, what do I, what am I picking up that they're doing um, when I just listen to them? Not when I necessarily go and research it. Right. Right. Well, yeah. So sticking, we have a question from uh, in the chat here on the same topic. Uh, from Dean, he's saying, when composing a song, do you first hear a tune in your head and then determine the mechanics of it on the banjo, or does a song come out while just noodling on the banjo? Um, that's cool. You can just pop it up there for me. Uh, I Lately, it's been just noodling on the instrument and trying different ideas out. Um, but one, I mean, there's there's songs on that record that just came from, um, you know, one was written on a drive home from a friend's house. Um, just every stop sign, I tried to like write write a verse down, you know, um, on the way back, and then and then another one was was written also in the car, but like it was more of a melody based thing. Um, I think, like I said before, it's, it's evolving right now. I'm trying to f- I'm, uh, kind of figure out, but let it, let it come out, whatever, whatever, whatever way it wants to. Sometimes it's a melody and, and I, I'll have the voice memos, um, you know, on the phone ready at the ready. And so I can just, you know, pop it open and, and listen to it. I mean, to pop it open and record it and then listen back. And, um, but sometimes it's on the instrument. And I know this is the main thing. It's like whenever I have an idea, I need to I need to get it down um, onto some sort of recording software because if I don't get it down immediately, then it's going to be gone in like a few seconds. So 
um, if I have something that I really like, I'm kind of like, okay, how am I going to record this? I kind of scramble until I get some recording software up and, uh, and ready so I can just record some ideas. And once I have that main idea, sometimes I'll just let the recorder go and I can just explore different ideas and, and listen back to it. Yeah. I've heard that, you know, that, that, a lot of recording ideas. Yeah. I think BB Boneness had said she records videos of herself uh-huh. um, now. So, because because a lot of times for for myself when I record ideas, it's like a pain to transcribe myself on like right, an mental thing, and it's not. It's just frustrating because uh-huh. when you transcribe some like a master, you're like, "This is cool. I'm figuring it out." When you're just trying to figure out yourself, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of frustrating and ridiculous. That's true. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, so you know your other two albums are, are instrumental banjo albums. Yeah. How do you get a piece from where it's you know just kind of noodling and finding like a cool lick to piecing that together into an interesting tune and not just like a lick banjo lick sort of tune where it feels more like a something more interesting. You know, melody flow, like yeah, a real flowing. melody rather than yeah. just you threw your fingers down and did this little like thing. Um, oh, I'm trying to reflect on what I actually do. Sometimes I'll just throw my fingers. Down. I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing right now, and um, or I'll just put my hand in a different a chord that I'm I'm not used to. Um, or I'll have like the a sound in my head, like I want to have like a flat two sound. So if I'm in the key of G or G minor, I want to have like an A flat kind of sound, which is related to C minor. So I like kind of think about those um, those tonalities and like and then and then a pattern, you know. Like I, I'll try to think about a, a, a different pattern that I'll, I'll, I could do, um, and how do how do I incorporate incorporate that into the melody? Like, um, you know, like something like that. That's something I was messing around with yesterday. Is like, uh, and then I, I say, okay, well, where's the C minor, A flat? Maybe I can incorporate that in there. Um, but that's just one way. I mean, there's like a, a million, <laughs> it's unlimited, yeah. you yeah. know? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that, yeah. I mean the limitation though, if we, if we, you know, go back to that, that's, that's essentially what I'm saying is, is, you know, you have a G minor, but I want the flat two. So how do I incorporate the flat two? I'm limiting myself to just, you know, a key of G minor and then, um, you know, another chord, which is, uh, flat too but what if i wanted to do you know g minor and then you know uh f yeah, or whatever you know it could it could be anything yeah. you know but like establishing that limitation um going in can help with uh with tune crafting i guess right or rather than just having yeah. every color in you know in the spectrum and a blank yeah canvas that's just... it gets overwhelming and then you're like don't want to do it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a question in the chat. I think they're talking about when you're playing that last tune, there's, the, they're saying, um, um, Brian Kosh, you can't see your picking hand, but it seems that you're playing two finger or three finger or am I wrong? I'm playing three finger and I know on the record, I do that song differently. That's kind of what we were talking about before. I, I singing and playing at the same time. Um, you know, I'm usually doing, 
that's what I would do if I was, I don't know, tracking vocals on that. And, uh, and that's, honestly, that's how I did the record. Cause I had to concentrate so much on vocals. Vocals is, is such a new thing for me. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, still practice that as much as I can. Um, but that was a big transformation, um, for, for me, for the, you know, the last, in the last year, um, in trying to make this record is, is writing the songs and then how do I perform these songs? How do I want to sing them? And Sam was so, so helpful. Um, you know, cause mushroom stump, for example, like I was like screaming that at one point I was like trying to get it up an octave from where it is and just like kind of shout, you know, uh, old time shout vibes. <laughs> and, uh, and I was practicing at the beach and, and, uh, you know, my in-laws were like, what are you doing out here? This, uh, they were like so confused as like if I was like actually practicing something for real. Uh, and I was, and then I got that, that gave me some feedback. Okay. And maybe I need to do it a different way. Cause it sounds like crap. Um, and so, you know, how to sing each song and, and how close to get to the microphone and, you know, all that stuff. Like we recorded the whole record here in the studio or I recorded it all. Um, and so learning which mics to put on the banjo and which mics to sing into, um, and how far away to get, like all that stuff. Um, we learned, I learned about that, which was cool. It's, it's been really helpful. Did, you know, having singing be in kind of a new thing for you and something you really had to work on and then you had to, um, listen to yourself, um, which is always, uh, especially, especially listening to your voice and singing, yeah. you know, it's more personal even, but it kind of is the same as for when you're starting out on an instrument too. And you yeah. like, if you hear yourself like amplified the first time or you hear yourself <laughs> recorded and you're like, it's just, is kind of odd. Can you bring, can you kind of take any, anything you learn from that process of learning something again and for just anybody learning to play the banjo or anything, doing anything, um, yeah. how'd you kind of get through that and just kind of, you know, I, it's not a clear the, question, but just it, the exact. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, it was definitely listening to myself was like, what, like I was definitely asking the question, why am I trying to do this? I sound terrible. And, and why don't I let, you know, someone else sing the songs or, you know, no, I knew I wanted to sing the songs. I knew it had to be me. I mean, these are personal right. songs and, um, but you know, I, you know, you go on Instagram and you hear like Sarah Drew singing, and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> like she, she's insane. Um, just as like I go on YouTube and I watch Jens Kruger play and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but you know, coming back to the joy of just exploring my voice, exploring what my instrument like my hands on this instrument have to say, um, it's, it's, uh, it's something, I mean, Jens Kruger has taught me, you just got to find who you are and, and explore that. And, um, coming back to it every day, you know, is important. So like I was, there were, there were phases of making the record where I would just be here, just practicing my vocals, like the, just like listening to it and just doing it over and over and over again, trying to get one syllable, right. And, um, and eventually when that, I, I remember calling Sam being like, Oh, I, dude, I think I got it. I think I like, I've actually sung this in a way where 
I don't hate it. <laughs> you know, it's not insane. It's not amazing. You know, I'm not like Mariah Carey, um, but I'm singing. I'm singing like me, you know, I'm, I'm singing like mm-hmm. myself. And that was the main thing is like finding what, what do I sing? Like, um, I'm not going to, I don't know. I, I would love to sing like Bill Withers at some point. <laughs> like, dude, I mean, like, I've been listening to him. I've been listening to him so much and it's been such an inspiration, just his depth, you know? Yeah. Um, but like Bill Weathers in my way, you know, it's like, <laughs> like I would like to play like Inns Kruger, but in my way, you know, right. it's, um, so there's the balance of like looking up to these people and being like, wow, they are amazing. Um, and I mean, ultimately what they did is just, they found themselves, you know? Right. Um, so that's, uh, you know, but from a purely technical standpoint, just visit every day, listen to yourself every day and give yourself feedback. Don't get down. I mean, it's about, it's about the journey. It really is about, um, about, um, learning and, and enjoying that and, and the breakthroughs, the breakthroughs are the fun part. You know, when you're like, holy shit, I did it. Yes. I've worked for, I've worked on that word, you know, with vocals, I've worked on that word for like three months. Now I've, I've arrived. I can sing, you know, I can sing, uh, eager or whatever, you know, the E's are hard. <laughs> and, and how do you get over a place where you're, um, because again, you know, being songwriting, being new for you, um, where you're not just self, self-judgmental and just like self-editing everything and saying, oh, this, this sucks. And then just throwing it all away and just walking away, um, you know, getting halfway through a project. And, oh, gosh. You know, I don't, and just I getting don't. down on yourself. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you I mean, over it and you're proud of it and, you know. Yeah, uh, that's a really, great question. You really stop your creative process by just by just saying, being too overly judgmental on yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that it's really helpful to have someone else there with you. You know, like Sam. Right. Sam, I don't know if I could have, I couldn't have done it without him and his feedback and just his, I mean, he's such a, a joyful dude and he really was... Um, you know, not judgmental of me at all. You know, when I'm like first trying to f- sing, it, I know it sounds terrible to him. It sounds terrible to me. And, uh, and, and he's, you know, he's extremely constructive. He's not judging me at all. And I could, I could feel that. And if you have someone that won't judge you, but will just see it and give you feedback. And if you can take that, um, then, uh, that's, that's really important for the process. I'm, I've been working on stuff recently that I'm just doing on my own and it's definitely difficult. Like I'm, I'm noticing myself wanting to trash stuff probably more so, um, than I would if I had a producer or, or not even a producer, just someone else, you know, around yeah, to work yeah. with me on it. Yeah. That's, that's good advice. I if, definitely, if you get stuck by yourself and stuck in your own head, you can just yeah. get down on yourself and you know, never let anything out. You can. Yeah. And you just, you know, put that, put that project in a folder to be looked at like in a couple right, of years right. or something <laughs> right, right. when it could be magical and you don't know where the creative process is going to take it. You know, it could be, right. you know, you could add an instrument, you could add like a, you know, a handbell and it would like make the whole track sound like alive and, and spark something else. It's really cool. That's what I've been into recently is the, the creative process. Like what, what is this lick on the banjo going to, 
going to inspire me to make on the synthesizer? What is this thing on the synthesizer going to make me, you know, want to make on the banjo or the Wurlitzer or the guitar? Like, and just going with it. If we got a frozen, then it's frozen there. Uh, he is. He's completely it, frozen up. He's <laughs> fully frozen up. <laughs> well, this is very good. Everybody, keep your questions coming in. He'll, he'll figure it out, Ben. It's a very tech-savvy guy. and um, yep. He looks great. And <laughs> He's going to come back in in a second. That, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was too bad because he was really on a, on a great roll there on on. I was like, my ears pricked up because he's talking about the idea of, you know, being able to pick up. There he is. He's moving. He's coming back in. Hey. Hey, welcome back. Sorry. <laughs> we had faith that you'd make it back, but don't worry. <laughs> I, mean, I had to come in and I almost picked up a banjo to try and take your place. And, oh, uh, man. I would have I got shouted at for even trying. So. <laughs> okay, I'll leave you two alone for a second. You guys are here. Good to see you. Good to see you. I don't know where we exactly froze up at, but it was a good know. spot. Um, but I can't okay, tell you cool. where, but um, we'll rewind and uh, people can watch it and rewind and then write questions in and we'll figure it out. Okay. But, um, but uh, um, anyways, so we do have a question about okay. just about recording. Um, what oh, would you cool. technical technical thing what would you for a beginner that wants to record what would you suggest they use oh man um well what what can you recommend for a novice to recording um it depends on on your budget because if you if you have a computer and you have a microphone um a usb microphone you can use garage band and you can you can you know, crush there. You know, it, it doesn't require a microphone, a preamp, an interface. You know, you don't need all that stuff. Um, I think the Focusrite interfaces, if you wanted to get an interface, which is basically just a, a piece of hardware that allows you to connect a microphone to your computer. Um, if you wanted to get an interface, the Focusrite ones, I think, are pretty inexpensive. Um, and then you don't need anything fancy as far as microphones go. Um, for banjo, I think a great starting microphone is a... Uh, SM57. It's a Shure SM57. Um, really, uh, really just honest and uh, easy to use and durable. They these things like are you know they last forever. Um, so yeah, uh, one of those Focusrites, um, which is an interface, and then uh, SM57. And you'll need a cable and a mic stand and stuff. Um, but that's a, and a headphones and, and that's a great way to, to get started. I think, um, into recording, um, using the click track is helpful, uh, when you're working on a, uh, a piece of software like GarageBand. um, it keeps you honest <laughs> and it's good practice. Um, and then you can layer things on top of that. So, you know, you, if you're, you know, just practicing a, a chord progression, You could layer that on, and you can even loop that in the program, um, so you don't even have to play it over and over and over. You can let the program play it over and over and over. Um, and then on top of that, you can write melodies on on it, you know, or or you can just improvise or or add another layer of chords up the neck. Um, so there's a lot you can do with it. It's it's really fun for creativity, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's great how easy it is these days. And and you can so you know practice, you know, lay down a rhythm track and then lay down, you know, practice a melody on top of it very quickly. Oh, so easy. Yeah. You could do that on um, your phone too. Yeah, yeah. They have yeah. garage band for your phone or whatever <laughs> yeah. you know, type you have. Um we got we got uh question for Bennett from Dean saying the banjo geek in me would like to know what brand of finger picks and thumb pick you use and why. Um, so I'll start with my thumb pick. I use a blue chip thumb pick, but I also really like these golden gate, um, clown barf ones. (laughs) I remember those. (laughs) They're awesome. Um, and I, I think they sound better than the blue chip, honestly, but this one's a little too tight for my thumb. So I'm using the blue chip, um, for comfort and durability and sound. I think it sounds pretty good. Um, but I do like this clown barf one a lot. It's made by golden gate. Uh, and then I'm using, so the banjo geek in me is saying, well, you should be more picky about your finger picks. Cause I'm using two different types of finger picks. One is a Hoffmeyer that's on my middle finger. And then I'm using a Dunlop on my index finger and I don't have a reason for that. Um, I really like the Hoffmeyer picks. Uh, they, um, they sound really good. They're, they're comparable to the old, you know, oval eight nationals, which everybody wants to get their hands on. And I've had oval eight nationals before. Um, and I've lost them. (laughs) It's sad. Uh, but, uh, but the Hoffmeyers are really good. They're made from German nickel. So, uh, they're good and they're not expensive. They're like 20 bucks for a pair. I should have pro picks. I'm sorry. I don't have pro picks y'all. Well, we can get you some. <laughs> Give me a pair. Give me a pair of pro picks. <laughs> um, let's see. So, so um, another you released another recording this year. Um, oh yeah, called Green Song, and I, I'm kind of taking the vibe that this was a COVID recording. Is that true? Be- meaning, a lot of people yeah. wrote, had recordings where they play, where they recorded totally by themselves, and and yeah. Uh, so was it recorded at home and, and, and everything done, you know, it was all you on the track, on the record. Yeah. I, I recorded everything. Um, most it's very mandolin focused. Um, yeah, I guess I haven't even thought about it, but it is a COVID recording. No, I just kind of sitting in here. I wanted to learn more about like playing different instruments. So I played some Dobro on it. Um, I was writing tunes on the mandolin and, uh, there's some claw hammer on there too. Not, not so much three finger banjo. Um, the title track has three finger. Um, but I wanted to learn about mixing and recording and that's kind of why I did it. I didn't really have plans to like promote it all that much. And I haven't promoted it all that much. I wanted to get it into like the sync, sync licensing, licensing world and, um, see if I can make some money off if it got out on a commercial or, a, you know, uh, the back TV of, you know, some whatever. MTV show or something, you know, well, yeah, yeah. And, like my banjo music is going to go right. on MTV show. It's, it's silly. It's silly. <laughs> real world or something or, yeah. well, I have like for my first record, I, I did submit it for sync licensing and it's been on like American pickers. Mm-hmm. Like, so that kind of, I don't know, Western-y, I don't even know what American Pickers is, but it's been on that. And like 
upon something or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. being on reality shows in like yeah. 30, 30 seconds, if that, you know, 15 seconds. So I don't I know. Once had, I once had a banjo track that was on. There's a show. It's like Yo Mama. <laughs> there's an MTV show Yo Mama they told like Yo Mama jokes back and forth to each what? other and then there's another one where they like they did hot rods or something like that <laughs> and they replayed it a lot in like you know Eastern Europe or something like that Eastern Europe yeah so you got a few cents like now and then in Poland yeah <laughs> uh, that's awesome so is there a different when you're when you're you know you're writing on these you know, on these different, I guess the process is, is similar. You know, you're writing on these different instruments. What, in, how many instruments do you play? That, you know, you, you know what? I'm adding mandolin to the list. I feel pretty, I'm not good at mandolin, but I feel like I can write melodies and play decently. So I'm adding that to the list officially on Deering Live. <laughs> okay. Let's talk we got to get you a tenor banjo then because, okay. You know, tune the same and send it you're over. A mandolin yeah, player. Send it over. um no i i play banjo guitar does electric guitar count as a different instrument yeah Um, yeah, mandolin um i don't say i'm a piano player but this thing right here i love to write and play on this this is a wurlitzer um a 200a and you know i can play like uh you know bar chords on a dobro that doesn't count because anybody could do that and I can play like banjo rolls because I'm a banjo player. So, is there an instrument you're you're kind of tinkering with that's kind of brand new for you right now at all? Something that you're really <laughs> breaking you <know>? news. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Let's do it. It's the first, <laughs> the ticker. <laughs> oh, the ticker! That's amazing. <laughs> what else is breaking news? Um, Wait, I don't know what the question was. Well, I was talking about, is there another instrument you're adding to your list than where, that you're just terrible at right now, though? That, that, <laughs> and, so, and, and so it helps bring you back down, grounds you to people that were starting out on banjo and how hard it can be when, when your fingers just don't, mm. aren't naturally flowing you know, on, on, on this instrument yet. I think piano is a good example of that because... Um, with mandolin, like I can figure out the chords, like in the picking, like I'm already a flat picker. So I, I know how to do that on the mandolin. Right. Um, I, I don't feel like a beginner on the mandolin with piano. I feel like a beginner because I'm like, I have to really think about, okay, what notes are in a B chord and then how do I switch to an E right. chord, but with a common tone, like, you know, I have to really think yeah. about that. Like the voice leading of it. I don't want to just play a B chord and then jump up and play an E chord. You know, it's like the equivalent mm-hmm. of playing, um, you know, an A chord. And then instead of going to a D chord down here, what's your closest D chord right there. So that's going to be the most efficient. And Jamie knows all about efficiency. So he can relate to this and a like that, a, to D instead of just jumping all the way down to a different D down the neck. So it's thinking about those things on piano um, to be a more efficient player. Um, but I really have to think about them. It's not like on mandolin where I can just put an A chord down. I know where a D chord is. Backstage jokes. <laughs> um, 
So, so, so sorry, it's <laughs> throwing me off course there. Sorry. <laughs> the, um, you've been a great teacher for a long time. You, you know, you created Tune Fox. You did a lot of fantastic videos um, to that um, through the years. And so, as a teacher, what what's something you see a lot of Bandra struggling with, and how do you get them over that hump? Especially maybe talking about, you know, maybe not just a beginner, but a, like an intermediate here. You're, you're kind of, you know, somebody has been playing a little bit. They can play a, a few tunes by tab, mm, but they mm. aren't really progressing to the next level. And they're struggling. They're plateauing. The, there's two, three really good things that I would recommend that an intermediate does. You know, beginner... I would say beginner, you're getting your facility, you're trying to learn the technique, you're learning some chords, um, you're you know getting some of the basic tunes down like Cripple Creek, Banjo in the Hollow, Old Joe Clark. Um, so you're understanding, you're understanding the vocabulary and the actual like physical instrument. I would say as an intermediate, I would start learning by ear. I would turn on recordings there's so many different slow you know slow down softwares nowadays that you can put on try to figure out the notes as hard how frustrating that, that can be i get it because that's kind of the transition i made i was like learning i learned cripple creek poorly from tab and then i turned on a recording of i think my first like ever learn by ear recording was ron block's version of cluck old hen and I didn't play it well, you know, I couldn't play it very well at all, but I, I figured out the basic notes, you know. And then I could start to figure out the roll patterns, like what is he doing there? And you don't have to get it perfect. Like you can kind of take your pre that pressure off of you um, to get it perfect. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, mm -hmm. go jam as much as you can. Just play with other people. Um, don't get discouraged if you can't figure out, you know, the one, four, five chords in the key of B or B flat, um, or E like, I mean, you'll get that. That's, that's something that you do. Um, you got to practice. And the best way to do that is to like play with people that you've never played with before that are going to play repertoire that you haven't heard before, um, in strange keys. Um, so that's number two, play with as many, go to as many jam sessions, play with as many people as you can. Um, especially if they're better than with, better than you. And then uh, three, play with the metronome. Play with the darn metronome. You got to play with it. It's so important. Um, and I have to remind myself to do that. I really enjoy it, actually. Um, but, uh, but yeah, slowly with the metronome is, is the way. And being really, you know, record yourself and be picky about any, you know, mistakes. Are you speeding up, slowing down? Just give yourself lots of feedback. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. The metronome is definitely, you know, I know for myself when I'll play with a metronome, practice the metronome, and then I go on a gig with people I play with all the time. They're like, wow, you sound good today. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I, and I know I, I don't say anything, but I'm like, oh, I, I practice with a metronome. Yeah, yeah, you should tell yeah. them. You let them know. <laughs> right. Maybe they, they'll practice with a metronome. <laughs> yeah, right. You sound but, terrible. Uh, <laughs> um i think jamie was going to jump in oh all right what's up so the, your efficient host thanks for that did you like your breaking news that was pretty cool huh? I, um, I love that that's so efficient 
I, th- I love how impressed you are with the technology that we have here at Daring Ventures. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's very flattering. Um, yes, I wanted yes. to stay in the vein of the teaching because there's a couple of questions here. Um, one is from a student and one just came in. Uh, it looks like from a teacher. So like it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, trying to find the first. So Jim Newton asks, first of all, having started with a limited banjo teacher who smoked, which I'm not sure. I'm, I'm guessing that's unpleasant in person. Uh, but what criteria did you use in finding a good banjo instructor? Uh, I've had similar in, I've had similar experiences with banjo teachers. This was a, a question asked a little earlier in the chat, um, and kind of the pandemic's kind of blown this wide open to some yeah. degree, just because of the you know the nature of online. Uh, and I actually had a customer in yesterday. We were talking, and he he was you know he's out in South Carolina. He was insisting on a on a um, in person. There's been a lot of people that have had in person teachers mm. because they think it's like the best way but i, I do yeah. think that the online these days are definitely worth considering but what are the criteria in this case that you that you would go by um their their ability to see see you it's kind of like what i was talking about with the producer is like can they can they produce you can they give you feedback without judging you mm. are they good communicators um are they kind uh are they good play? Are they a good player? Like, are they legit? Do they know their their stuff? Um, right. I uh, and also, can they get you? Can they put you on like a roadmap on in that first lesson? Can they give you stuff that's going to challenge you, not challenge you too much, um, to like make you overwhelmed? A little overwhelm is all right. A little like frustration in there, that's okay. But I think, um, you know, like gently. Uh, gently challenging you along the process and letting you kind of do it on your own. I, you know, my style of teaching has really changed. I, I don't like using tab. I really want the student to be practicing as much as they can and also giving themselves, um, well, giving themselves self-feedback. They have to be able to do that. And, uh, and also listening to bluegrass music a lot. I like the student to come to the lesson saying, Hey, I want to learn this song. Can you help me figure out this song? And then we can figure it out together and I can show them how I would do it. Um, you know, I can share my screen. I can say, okay, I'm going to go to YouTube. I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to figure out this note first, or I'm going to figure out the chords first. And, um, and then they can see the process. Cause if you can figure out the process of learning music, you don't need a teacher. Um, or the teachers there just to like, cheerlead you or give you accountability. Little tips here and there as well. Just to yeah. kind of they notice something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good advice. On the other end of that spectrum, Dean, who's, who's contributed a couple of times already, but it's a really good question. Uh, how do you gently tell a banjo student that they have absolutely no talent whatsoever for playing the banjo? <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to take quite a while to get there as a teacher, but it's always a difficult one. I'm assuming if, if, You've been uh, plowing at it for weeks and months, and there's just like zero progress. Whether it's because they don't have the talent, or because they're not putting in kind of that extracurricular time out away from lessons. Yeah, yeah, I think it. I mean, you don't need to have talent to have fun, and I think that's what it comes down to. Is like ask them if they're having fun with it. You know, yeah. what would be the most fun for you? Would it be learning? Um, 
uh, uh, Jamiroquai. I don't know why did Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai. I don't know You're why the first that. American I've ever heard to mention that name. I love Jamiroquai. Wow. Um, <laughs> would, it be, would it be fun for you to learn a Stevie Wonder song or a Jamiroquai song on the banjo? Like, how can we make that happen? Because chances are, if they're having fun, you know, maybe Cripple Creek's not the way they, they need to go in their path. Maybe it's learning a really simple version of, um, not You Are My Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> the Saints yeah, yeah. go marching in. <laughs> yeah, the Saints go marching in. Yeah, like a, a simple version of that, um, or something they're passionate about. Because really, like they, why do they want to learn music? They want to like have fun. They want to, you know, they're passionate about music, and they want to see if they can, um, you know, actually put their hands on an instrument and make some sound that makes sense to them. Yeah. Um, so how do you keep it fresh and, and fun um, for the student? It might require more work for the teacher. You know, you have to figure out how to play a Jamiroquai song on the banjo and then, and then die, you know, dumb it down. But, um, but you know, that's, that's kind of the fun part. If you bring that to the lesson um, and they're pumped about it, that's, that keeps you going. That gives you energy to do it. Yeah, I, I think the, the the first thing you said, like asking if they're having fun with it, I think that's crucial. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a really good way. I have to ask myself that <laughs> when I play. <laughs> Am I having fun right now? Because sure. if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not, then uh, then what's the what's the point? You know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and then Brad is asking, what banjo are you playing? I know it's not one of ours. No pro sorry, pick, no daring shocker. Right, guys. Sorry. You can you can uh, talk about it though. <laughs> um, it is a bellbird banjo made in Australia uh, by a guy named Peter Nehusen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. That sounds good. Oh, yeah, it's, it. it's good. I mean, I'm playing it with a. I'm you know I'm playing it through a pickup system right now, and I think that sounds pretty nice. Yeah, talk um, about that because it sounds. Doesn't, Very, sound like a sound, doesn't sound like a pickup at all. No. Yeah, that's fooled you. Well, I know, and I can do this stuff. you can put all the effects on it and that's that's what i've i've been really enjoying lately it's um it's a piezo pickup so yeah. i don't know if you can, it's a k and k i put under the bridge yeah. um i can't remember what it's called the k and k version of it but what i'm playing through here is a tone dexter and i'm sure you, other people have talked about that um it's kind of become i mean i see it everywhere the dusters use it um the rangers use it you know everybody's using these tone dexter boxes which basically just model they take your pickup sound and it models whatever microphone you want it to model um you actually have to train the di the direct box um to to sound like that microphone so you play you you plug your instrument in you plug your banjo in and you plug it into the di and then you um you have a mic plugged into the di as well and then you play your banjo into the microphone and it makes it sound like the, the microphone it's there's a lot of tweaking though sprockets, yeah. right? audio sprockets yeah okay. exactly precisely lr bags voice print it's a, it's yeah. a similar thing same thing yeah it was yeah. remarkable how to, I, I didn't think it would work and then i <laughs> did it and i was like this sounds like my banjo yeah, it's so pretty shocked. cool 
Yeah. 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 It is shocking the first time you do it. I mean, I've, I've had to tweak it a lot and, um, I think it's, it's in a good place right now. Sounds good. I I did not realize you had a pickup on there at all. That sounded like it was mic'd up. Yes. Yes. There you go. See? Sweet. (laughs) Breaking news. I, I'll make it matter. An acoustic sound out of a pickup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, Dave, do you have any more questions? Yeah, I think that's it for right now. But uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to. It, this was fun. It, Super definitely fun. fun hanging out with you and and yeah, and uh, hearing you play and, and talk about everything. It's you're always so articulate and 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 chill. You have such a good vibe. So it's, Dude, it's been thanks. fun. Let's, uh, let's throw this up real quick. We didn't do this, but here's, um, for anyone interested, head over to um, the Bandcamp site, which I think I have, if I'm organized. There it is. Bennett Sullivan Music and at bennettsullivan.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Head over there and you can pre-order Eager to Break. What is that, $10, I think? $10. How many tracks? Uh, 12 tracks. So it's like 80 cents a track. It's a deal. It's amazing deal value right for wow. money. Right I know, right? I know. I like it. I like it's it. But it's really cool. good. Like that, that, the first track on there was fantastic. So I'll need to the rest of it. Thank you. Yeah. Fine work. And the rest of them are on Spotify as well. Yeah, the other records are on Spotify. So you can yeah. listen to Lady Nora and Green Song there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'll be playing shows soon. <laughs> What's the, what's the plans? What does the future hold? Um, the future right now, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. I was doing a solo thing for a while and, and working on that with, you know, the pickups and looping and stuff. And that was fun. Um, yeah. and, uh, I'm still, I'm still trying to sort that out. I would love to, I would love to have a band. I mean, like I've been, you know, kind of scouting out the scene here in, uh, in Brevard and there's some, I mean, there's some amazing talent, here the rangers live here you know most of the rangers mm-hmm. live here and um and travis book lives here and you know sarah siskin there's there's a lot of of really amazing john weisberger lives here and so i've been kind of getting in there and i've been playing some bluegrass gigs with woody and and some of the other rangers and um and just meeting people and you know i'm i'm still uh <laughs> figuring out what i want my dream band to to be um you know, so it, it's in the works. It's in the works. Um, uh, but right now it's just, just solo coming into the shed, writing music, still just trying to write as much as I can right now and, uh, and figure out that creative flow. So, love yeah. it. I yeah. love your approach. Thanks. It's, it's wonderful. Now it's really, really refreshing to hear the way you kind of went back and kind of stripped things down and limited Thanks. yourself, you know, cut your eyes off the screen. We all yeah. need to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's it's so helpful to to yeah. do that. It can be you. I was literally looking at my phone the other night. I was like, my mind feels like it's just turning to mush. Like I can feel it, just like <laughs> mm-hmm. like burning away or something. And so I was, uh, I was, uh, yeah, thankful that it, for where I live. You guys live in a beautiful place too, in beautiful places. Because Dave, you're in New Orleans, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. San Diego, New Orleans. I mean, yeah, beautiful places. So. It's not shabby. Yeah, it's not shabby it's not at all. Too shabby, no, hey, not at all. Uh, Jim's asking, "Will there be da- uh, downloads and CDs? Is there a physical format available on the?" Yeah, on- I'm going to do a, a initially a limited run of di- of CDs um, available, awesome. so like 150. So, I'll nice. uh, 
yeah, I'll, I'll send those out. Um, Get over to Bennett's out. site. I'm going to throw those, uh, those links up again and sign up to his, uh, I'm sure there's a mailing list of some kind or follow him on social and you'll, you'll hear all about the, the release and what's available and when. Yeah. Right? Yep, exactly. There we go. All right. You want to uh, fancy playing us out with a little tune? Sure, sure. Um, Thank you for everybody.